I'm Eddie Michelson. I'm Lucas Anderton. And this is Go Walk Yourself. Uh, I want to say it's season two, episode three, but I think we've decided that we're changing the way we number the episodes now. Yeah. We're just going to number them in order. You know, episode one, episode two, episode 32. Uh, so I don't That's know what episode episodes. this is. Oh yeah, 32 is a good one. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know what episode this is. Um, so Eddie, what are we going to talk about tonight? Well, tonight we're going to be talking about the coming of the Bernie Bros, which is... Uh, Give us some context on that. Well, it's a, it's a cultural phenomenon that's actually... It's been going on for a while now. It, it started off in 2016 when Bernie Sanders entered the presidential race and uh, accomplished quite a bit despite not going all the way. He built this uh, sort of coalition amongst the grassroots that... Uh, no one's really seen before and now they're they're coming back with vengeance and it's starting to really show i think um my initial thinking was a lot of people were behind bernie because he was really the only other viable option besides hillary the folks who were just anti-hillary went to bernie that that was part of bernie's following of course so my initial thinking was once he hopped in those people would initially be with him, but now we see these other progressives, like the progressive firebrand type, Hillary, I mean, not Hillary, Elizabeth Warren. Um, Elizabeth Warren is just as progressive as Bernie, um, and she comes in a, a more appealing package, in my opinion, in terms of like her electability. She's not some grouchy 80-year-old mm. man. Oh my god, I'm gonna get beat up for that. Um <laughs> So, like, I I think Elizabeth, like, I think over time we'll see these folks just kind of dissipate away from Bernie and realize that they have plenty of other progressive options. But he has something that that other candidates in that wing don't have. And really? that's, he can claim authenticity by saying, like, look, I'm the first to do it. Like, yeah. I'm the first to bring up these issues. Like, I saw it coming. All these people are just copying because they're seeing what we've built yeah and he'll always have that yeah I, elizabeth warren is the the one i think he should be afraid of you know they were always a team like like they kind of yeah they kind of were the faces of this whole progressive thing at first um you know elizabeth warren was really actually catching on with the crowd even before bernie um and and then you know bernie ran for president right elizabeth i mean he warren brought it did. to the presidential mm-hmm. level um, and so I think that he, and, and Bernie at the end of the day is like a white male. Um, and I think a lot of folks are just done with that for now. Elizabeth Warren is a strong, independent female. Um, and Bernie has clashed with the sort of intersectional crowd. He has. Quite a bit. Great on fiscal issues to, to progressives. A little off key. On, right. on some of the social issues. Um, gun control was always a huge... A huge... Wouldn't talk about it. He wouldn't talk about it. He um, he had a good rating from the NRA, which I partially understand. He was... You know, the state he was from, there's a lot of guns in that state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so he was representing his, his folks. But he should be transparent about that. He shouldn't just not be willing to talk about the issue. And he shouldn't suddenly flip-flop on it. Um, which I think lots of people are guilty of, not just Bernie by any means. Um, you know, 
Gillibrand, uh, she was very conservative in, in Congress before she was in the Senate. And then it just all switched up. Uh, and, yeah, Bernie does get to claim authenticity like no one else does, though. He has been fighting this fight since, you know, the Burlington City Council. Right. Um, so good on him. Since the Soviet Union, where he was vacationing. <laughs> Is, is there any merit to that? Any merit? Yeah. How do you mean? Like, like did that actually happen? His, his relationship with the Soviet Union. <laughs> is there any merit to it? I, I don't know. I, you mean, like, is, is he sympathetic to the Soviet Union and will legislate accordingly? I ignore Bernie media generally, so, like, I don't know anything about the guy anymore. I mean, he... There are clips of him that I've seen that in which he's expressing sort of this uh, sympathy for the cause in the Soviet Union. I don't think he would endorse the regime, yeah. if, if that's what people are suggesting. But uh, Kamala Harris beat him in, in ratings and views and such for her CNN town hall last night. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. She got the most out of any candidate. So I th- How did Buttigieg do? He did very well as well. Yeah. Um, I was seeing a lot of clips. From I think his. that's where his whole like where like the average person f- first heard his name was probably his t- CNN town hall. Really? Or maybe his announcement. I don't know about that. Maybe his announcement. I think I think it's really overblown how much of a difference those make. I mean, not very many people watch. But those. like, I even noticed just like like my professor walked into class yesterday and she or not, it was last week's class and she was just like. So I saw that Buttigieg well, guy that you boomers are finding out. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's kind of and like once the, boomers find out, it's that's, over. That's what I was just about to say. Is is this weekend my mom kept showing me all these memes that were like the felt cute might delete <laughs> later, and I'm like, oh my god, this this face this meme made it to to Facebook like, yeah. and like this meme is now a boomer thing. Yeah, once my aunt starts reposting memes, that's when you know they're, there's a, they've there, run their course. There's a cycle for yeah. memes. You know, once they get to the point where every old person is making their own memes on their phone using that and posting <laughs> it on Facebook, it's over, man. Yeah. It's really sad. Um, anywho, I don't know how we get back on track from this. Um, we could jump right in, jump right Well, let's talk it. more about Buttigieg because he's a little different on... In certain aspects. We were talking about this before the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a progressive streak to him, but it's more pragmatic than ideological. And more structural than than policy, you know? Um, yeah, we were talking about this, and I think we did touch on this in another episode, but it's, it's, a, it's fascinating. Um, and, you know, Buttigieg, I like how you compare him to FDR, um, because he's not talking about the same issues as Bernie, but in some aspects, he's just as far over there. Um, you know, packing the courts, uh, changing the, the way we elect folks. Um, I enjoy him bringing that to the table. You know, I enjoy that we're talking about things that we don't normally talk about. Um, what do you think about him? I mean, yeah, no, he's definitely, he's striking a different chord uh, with people that I've seen with some of the other candidates. I mean, people seem a lot more enthusiastic about him more than they're hating on the other side. They seem to really just love the guy. They like the message that he's putting out. They like the personality. And they seem more enthused by him than they're just angry at Donald yeah. Trump and want to take down Donald Trump. And, th- I mean, that's refreshing uh, from my point of view because it's not like he ha- he has to do it that way. Yeah. Because no one else is. 
and it's working for them. You know what's funny is today I was like walking around. I was walking back from like a restaurant down the street, and um, I started thinking that I forgot about the fact that whoever we nominate is going to be against Trump. Like I've only I haven't thought about past the primary at mm-hmm. all. I've only thought about like what the convention's going to look like. Right. Like who's going to be taking the stage? Oh, it's going to be a wild ride. It is. And I'm just now all I can think about is um, is these candidates not on the debate stage against each other, but against Trump, uh, and that kind of changes it for me. Like it, it changes my view on it. Um, Kamala Harris, you know, as as much as she's getting beat up on, uh, you know, folks are saying she's like Hillary in '08. Like we all thought it was a great idea, and mm. then it happened, and we were all like, eh. Um, and I don't, I don't think it's fair. I think. But is like, that really a fair character, like characterization of what happened, to Hillary? Uh, though I mean, like, I mean, that was like no one saw that coming. No one did. But like, that's it's the same thing here. Like, there's these other shiny new Barack Obamas, you know. But like, who's gonna, who's gonna shock the world? Pete, if any of them are just gonna be a didn't expect it, didn't see it coming. Before the primary started, you know, before the primary started, we talked about Beto, we talked about Kamala, yep. we talked about Warren. Pete was the, the presidential candidate that wasn't on anybody's list beforehand. Um, and Obama more or less was like that. Uh, some folks had an eye on him since the 2006 convention when he gave a speech. Um, but yeah, no, I think Pete could really... The media found him. Yeah. Did you know Pete ran for DNC chair in 2016, I, did I think? Yeah, nobody did. Wow. I didn't know. I knew about some of the other candidates. I did not know about wow. Pete. Um, so it's really interesting. And, and um, but yeah, no, I like, we were talking about one issue specifically that was covered in all these town halls, which was uh, whether or not to allow felons to have the right to vote. Yeah, this has been causing a stir lately because Bernie Sanders in a... It was in his town hall, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Um, when he was asked something about the Boston Marathon bomber and if he should be allowed to vote. And Bernie Sanders said that he should not have his right to vote be uh, taken away. Um, really quick side note. The, the town halls were all in New Hampshire and every single person was like a Harvard student. Did you notice that? Oh, Is yeah. Is Harvard that close to New Hampshire? I saw a tweet and it was like, I'm from New Hampshire and I don't know a single person at Harvard. So why is everyone in that room a Harvard student? Um, but anywho. Um, remind me. Oh, so yeah, that was the issue. And like, which I think that's a stupid question, first of all. Like, that's such a bad way of looking at that issue. Um, of whether or not felons should vote. Like, you gotta think about the 99.9% of felons who aren't the Boston But you gotta also concede that that includes, I mean... I know. Well, and so that's why my take on it... I mean, how would you answer it, that question? My take on it is just not as progressive as Bernie's, and maybe I'll get beat up over this one day in life, but, like, I think maybe you draw the line at violent and nonviolent. Um, but to hop right to all people in prison that's problematic for me because the american way the average american is going to think about the boston bomber you know they're going to think about you know this one specific person it's just too big of a shift um so i think that the line should be drawn at like violent and non-violent um particularly um but also like 
like we were talking about before the show, Virginia is still having the, and Florida, lots of southern states are still having the conversation over what to do with ex-felons, right? right. So people who did their time. We are it's alienating uh, a lot of the middle of the line yes. people. And we were talking about this earlier because it seems like those issues that the me- like again, is it the media that's covering them and that's why they're trying to pander to the media or are they just missing the mark and are responding to the very far left that cares deeply about these social issues that might scare away some of those independent middle of the ground, you know, sort of conservative Democrats. Yeah. Well, this is why I believe in a decentralized democratic platform. We should have agendas for each state. And and there is a very important tool known as the federal government for affecting change. But there's also the states, which, you know, the state houses make way more of a difference on your individual life yep. than the federal government ever will. And the Democratic Party should focus on issues like felons' voting rights at the state level. Um, plus, I'm not even sure, do they, I mean, I'm not even sure of the legality of the state even deciding that, of, I mean, the, the federal government even deciding that. I think mm-hmm. it might be a state issue, unless maybe they're federal, pretty sure, federal like, inmates. I'm sure. pretty sure voting procedures are under the jurisdiction of yeah. the states individually. And, and so why even have the presidential candidates take an opinion on that? Exactly. Well, that's because we've all turned our eyes away from the federal government, or I'm sorry, from the state governments towards the federal government, because we, we, we've sensationalized the presidency. Like, yeah. I know oh, that sounds we, ridiculous to no, say. No, we totally have. But He's not a king. Exactly. But we're treating them like monarchs. Yeah. And that makes us all forget about what, what is actually changing your everyday life. Yeah. It's the state government for the most part. And your city council. Yep. Yep, you're civic league, like, it is not the federal government. You know, are are you a dreamer? Then yes, the federal government is going to make important decisions about your life. Um, you know, are, are you lacking health care? Then yeah, the federal government, but the state, you know, has your state expanded right. Medicaid? You know, that, that brought in 400,000 additional Virginians. That was not our congressperson. That was electing Democratic state reps. Um and and so that's where it all just bothers me so 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 much. Um, you know, if if the folks in Washington State, if that state's blue enough where they want to talk about this issue, oh, by all means, like like I believe in it. Yeah. Um, and you know what would happen if people did that? We would see UBI in Washington. Yep. Like they would try that out. Yeah. And I mean, like it might not be a big enough state to like pull I it think off. It could Who be. knows? But there's enough. Money I mean, I'm sure Cal- California could make it happen. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but California you know, we, might need it. We would see stuff like that, and we would see the really progressive social policies in New York, yeah. uh, and um, I mean he, D.C. for sure. Yeah. We would see. Well, I think the Democratic Party sucks at this. D.C.'s not a state, but I mean, just... <laughs> I, I just saw the. It should be, but that's another. We'll talk about that later. There. Um. Uh, you know, I just saw this thing about how the Republican Party or some giant uh, super PAC affiliated with the Republican Party spent, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in outside independent expenditure ads for some race, some Supreme Court pick or, you know, court pick in like Wisconsin. Um, the Democrats don't do that nearly as much. We don't focus on these smaller seats. Um, we just don't. 
Uh, we're getting is that way because better they at just it. have to spend way more on the like they have to dedicate all of their resources to because it's become such a like there's so much money in it that they have to divert the resources there or do they have enough for everything? I genuinely don't know the answer, and also because I just don't know enough about like this issue. I don't yeah. know enough about where the Democrats spend their money to make huge generalizations, but I do know that how many state house seats we lost under Obama. Mm. Um, and it was it was not an Obama flaw as much as it was a, 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 a our party flaw. Um, we forgot about a lot of those seats. And now we're picking up a lot. We're making up a lot of progress. Um, but still, like it, it just really frustrates me. Um, so we need to have the D- Democratic Party move towards a state-by-state agenda. Well, do you also think that the reason for that, I just, I'm thinking of this now, but um, we've seen how a lot of these candidates can go from being a bartender to a congresswoman. And, you, you know, like literally. Literally, yeah. and And these people can just come from nothing yeah. and just jump into president of the United States. Or, you know, they, they could be a contender for that you don't have the same motivation for people to start out on the state level. Because if they see that they have the charisma for it and they're able to launch a fantastic media campaign, then they've already got a seat in the house. Yeah, yeah. It's the way the culture is changing, I think. It is. We do send all of our folks. I mean, you know, every office is a jump board to the next one. Yes. Which is bad. But I also don't believe in them sticking around in that state house super long. But we do see folks in the state house stick around for you know forty years, um, so I don't know. My opinion on that is undeveloped. Um, but what were I mean? So like, do you have a line in your mind of, of like a line in the sand that you would draw for, you know, who should have the right to vote? No, I I agree with you. I think violent. Crime would probably be yeah. the line that I'd go to. This kind of gets into a different issue, and we didn't really talk about it beforehand, but just in, in terms of uh, voting in general, um, you know, I am a staunch advocate for universal registration. You know, I don't see why any any person shouldn't automatically just become a voter when they're 18. You can abstain from voting, whatever. Yeah. That's an issue for another day. But at least register you. You know, everyone should immediately be registered. Um you know, I believe we should make it easier for people to vote, not harder. There are people who just don't have photo IDs. Uh, I know that's hard for Republicans to believe because, <laughs> you know, you're all middle class suburbanites who all have photo IDs. <laughs> there are people in, in rural Mississippi who don't have photo IDs. I believe it. So let's let them vote. I believe it. Oh, yeehaw. <laughs> um, no, no, I think I, I agree. I mean, you know. I honestly I haven't looked into universal registration like in detail much so I don't really have that develop like what would that entail like it it just means there is no registration process like yeah as you know a citizen in the United States you know there is a record of your existence somewhere you automatically are added to our voter rolls on your 18th birthday then you just show up at your precinct on election day what's the what's the worry there like why are people that it leaves it. more room for fraud, maybe. If someone doesn't know that they're already registered, it's easier for you. For example, like a young person, it could be easy to to fraudulently like use their name because they're probably not going to vote anyways. That's when, oh. you know, fraud is caught is mm-hmm. when, you know, two votes were cast in someone's name. Hmm. 
so it's more inactive voters per se. But I don't. I I think if you register people, that takes out a huge barrier, keeping people from voting. You want to talk about a voting operation? That's something else. Uh, have you been following the India election? A little bit. Uh, it is the largest voting democracy on earth. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know they're not allowed to have a voting booth uh, further away than. I think it's like two miles or something from anyone in the country. Wow. So there was this group that had to bring a, vo- a, a like a voting booth 200 miles into the forest because of one guy. And they did it. Really? Yeah, to and, make sure he could vote. Raj was saying um, that it's, it's a multi-day week process even. Oh, it's um, like it's, a month. Yeah, it's not like everyone just... There's no election day. Like, it's, Yeah. Which is interesting to me because what if, you know, halfway through the month some giant scandal comes out about, <laughs> you know? That would really change things. Can you undo your vote? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I uh, Look, if they had to do a recount... Oh, man. That's a lot of people. That is. I can't believe how much bigger they are than us. Yeah. Wow. Um, But no, so I haven't really followed it a lot. Um... But I, I know it's a huge deal. I love democracy. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Um, so I don't know. So Ber- Bernie's grassroots campaign is pretty remarkable, if you think about it. It is. Um, you know, I like what you were saying about there's continuity like he yeah well what i was saying before uh it was that when everyone else finished up their uh, 2016 campaigns bernie didn't he continued his campaign up until now so now that he's announced he's running it's he's official he's officially made the call but don't think that he hasn't been campaigning before since 2016 i mean he's been doing rallies he's been He's been going on podcasts. Uh, he has a very big presence in the media and social media. Yeah. Uh, and I think this is just going to only go up now that he's officially launched his campaign. Yeah, I totally agree. He, um, you know, but it goes back to my original question of can he hold on to that base? You know, he has momentum right now, but can it go up? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, can I go up or must it go down? Um, will Bernie? I mean, this is the same question with Biden. You know, the people who are supporting Biden right now would would Biden attract any new folks or would he only lose the people he already has? Well, if you look at both wings right now, the Biden wing and the Bernie wing, there's a reason why we call it the Biden wing and the Bernie wing because they have the credibility of being the official head of that wing. Yeah. Bernie Sanders started this phenomenon with the yeah. with the making democratic socialism cool and uh launching a huge grassroots campaign and reaching out to voters the very pro- the very progressive wing yeah and then joe biden has the credibility of look i was i've been I doing was, this yeah i like I, yeah i've i've been electing democrats for years bernie's been running for the democratic nomination and declining it in his home state for 30 years, you know? Uh, Biden is going to be a force to be reckoned with if he hops in. Um, I'm glad we're talking about this because we actually wanted to talk about it, but then we forgot to write it down. Um, But Biden, 
is going to be a force to be reckoned with. You know, he is planning to announce Thursday. Hopefully I get this episode out before Thursday, so this makes sense. Um, yeah, he's planning to announce, and as much baggage as that guy has, he is a political machine. Um, and also those, um, you know, those Reagan Republicans who don't like Trump at all. I mean, if, if Joe Biden gets the nomination, who do you think Bill Crystal's going to vote for? And his wing of the Republican wow. Party. Really? That was the best I mean, way of saying it. The, you know what I mean? I yeah. mean, they're, they're going to go for Biden. No doubt. I, I totally agree with you. My granddad and I, maybe two years ago, we were sitting down and it was right after the election. And he just starts laughing. Like, we're sitting there, the news is on right after dinner. And he's just laughing. I'm like, what are you laughing about? He was like, all y'all had to do was nominate Biden. And it was, it was a jab at us for, like, yeah. we would have beat Trump had we nominated Biden. Um, you know, obviously, my granddad can't read the... Like, he, he doesn't know what would have happened. And I'm not going to sit here and say, how oh, if we nominated Biden, blah, blah, blah. But it's just, it's a funny point. because. But a lot of those voters, it's the difference between them abstaining yeah. or them going out to vote. I mean, these voters, like, so, some people are just like, well, both sides does not represent anything near what I believe. Yeah, and I don't think either of them have the country's best interests in mind. I'm just going to abstain from voting, or them being like, "Oh, okay, I can, I can stomach this person." Um, it's funny. Like if you look at who the Democrats, the people Obama won, who voted for Trump. Yeah. Obama. Part of why he won those people was his running mate, who was incredibly popular among those people. Biden's union following one of the strong like they are the unions love that guy mm-hmm. um you know when he came to hampton roads he spent the whole time with unions uh and like i said earlier you know if our problem in 2016 was losing those people wouldn't we tailor our message better this time to those people isn't biden kind of the answer to that in a little like a little bit like he he wins those people in any matchup, not just against Trump, he, like, those are his people, um, and, and so, like, that's my one thing for him, um, that's, that's like if I were to put on tunnel vision goggles and ignore everything, which is a really bad way of looking at it, but he mm-hmm. has baggage. Yeah. Um, what's your take? Sorry, that was really long. No, I think, uh, he, I, it's interesting, because I think he has, he runs the risk of making the Democratic Party look like hypocrites when they've been talking about trying to get women into places of power and, uh, you know, people of color and, uh, you know, people of different religious affiliations. Like, you know, this intersectional message that the Democrats have been pushing it. And now if they're just going to nominate a, you know, straight white male for their, you know, like this is this is the Democratic Party now, it might be a bad look. And I think that might not sit well with voters in certain areas. I mean, definitely the more, the more progressive wing, I don't think would like it terribly much. So, so what you're saying is there's no perfect, there's no candidate we can nominate who is a win-win. Well, how do you mean? We either win the people back in the Midwest or we appease the progressive side of the party. Well, is the only way to appease the Midwest to nominate a straight white male no, i don't think so and i didn't even mean it like that i just who who in your opinion would win those people back from the democratic field right now oh i think andrew yang could do it no <laughs> 
I mean, like he, I mean, his ideas, a, a left-wing populist. Really? That's, That's really how it, how I think it would happen. I mean, talking about the economic issues. I mean, Bernie Sanders kind of does it in a weird way. Yeah. Like he, he, I mean, we were just talking about the people who, uh, who voted for Obama twice and voted for Trump. Uh, these people like Biden or Sanders, these people respond to the politicians who are talking about the economic issues. Um, my buddy texted me the other day and, and he said, it pains me to say it, but Bernie might be the guy regardless of if I agree with his politics or not. Um, so, you know, it, it begs the question from that outside view. You know, regardless of... Also, we have to note that Bernie is also a straight white male. Yeah. (laughs) So that doesn't really answer our question. So maybe Warren. Right. I mean, that's what I was going to say next, is that... So Elizabeth Warren, if she sticks to that very economics-driven message, I think she could... I think she could do it. Um, Before... I hope we didn't already say this in the episode. I know I've said this before, but before Bernie was hot shit in 2016... Uh, what folks found in Bernie, they saw in Elizabeth Warren, and they wanted her to be the progressive against Hillary. Like, people wanted Elizabeth Warren in 2016. Then she didn't run, and Bernie kind of pulled in that crowd. But it was, that crowd was waiting for Elizabeth, not for Bernie. They didn't mm. know who Bernie was. Um, and And part of me is like, just like with Biden, like I say, was 2016 their time? Um, I have, I'm in, you know, my democratic bubble on Twitter, but I have seen more and more the past few days actually talking about Warren. You know, it's not anything like a one-liner in the media that's catchy or anything, but they're just, they're enamored by how thorough she is policy-wise. Um, and I, I think she has the pitch for the Midwest. She has a good I just story. Think her, I just think her campaign got off to a rocky start. It did. I mean, when we, with the whole, uh, you know, Native American nonsense and a few awkward social media attempts. I mean, just just stuff that would made people think like, "Ooh, she's pretty inauthentic." And I think that's that's also an issue that resonates with Midwesterners and all, I mean all voters for that matter is the authenticity of the candidate. A lot of people are looking at like Ocasio Cortez, and they said about Trump too. They were like, "Well, at least he's authentic." At least we know what we're getting when we're electing this person. And so when as soon as we have we go back to the scripted politician, I think it could throw a lot of people off. I, I think Elizabeth is getting better though. Even the people who aren't Elizabeth people, they aren't attacking her either. We're all and she's I think she's in everyone's like top three or four. Honestly, I think she's finding her way into mine. Um, you know, if I have to go with a progressive it's like a, I don't want to say the others aren't progressive, but like a more progressive. I think it's not her. the boomer opinion, though, dude. Really? No, boomers don't want her. So many people. I mean, I'd like, like to see polling her. on that, honestly. Like, yeah. It, but, I mean, from what I've heard, I've talked to a few, few boomers, and uh, they all say like, Sorry about I don't. The I, they all say, well, first of all, they say I want Joe Biden. They do. Oh yeah. They and do. then they say like, I don't want that Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren wing. Uh, but that's just, that's from, that's anecdotal, obviously. I, I'm just, you know, basing it off of that, but I'd like to see polling data on what, uh, different age groups think about her because I, I mean, it is, it is a younger crowd, the same type of crowd that's going for Bernie Sanders. Um, 
I get goosebumps from her story. Like, when I see, when, when she puts videos out, like, they give me the same feeling Obama's did. Like, it is very inspirational. Like, I'm, I'm like, let's get out and knock on some doors. Um, and, and she, she has a really good message, dude. Like, she does. Um, her, you know, going to law school while she was, like, struggling, and it's, it's all a good story. Um, I, I listened to her audiobook. <laughs> I really liked it. I think it was called A Fighting Chance. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really like her. Um, I'd take her over Bernie any month, really? day of the week. Yes. Interesting. How do you, th- well, so Elizabeth Warren currently does not have the polling threshold to get into the debates or the donors. Really? Yeah. I don't think she's eligible for the debates yet. Can you look that up? Yeah. Actually, First, I'm going to go donate to her. <laughs> I want to um I want to double check on that because I saw um uh, no, no no just go um eligible for DNC debates currently Sorry for making y'all wait. I, I kind of want to know. Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, Peter O'Rourke. Oh, is she in it? Oh. Comfortably above the debate threshold. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. I don't know what... Dude, what about Cory Booker? <laughs> That's so embarrassing. These, wait, is, when was this last updated? March 29th. Okay. I mean, obviously, they wouldn't be disqualified. Um, but, interesting. I feel bad for Cory Booker. Also, Yang qualified. For he the, did. Yeah. Someone, I, I saw something that was like, what are the state of our politics that some guy who is an internet meme is considered a serious... We live in an age of internet memes. We do. Felt cute, might delete later. A lot of the Trump campaign, there was a, lot of, there was a big meme campaign behind him. There was. Oh, the Pepe's. Well, it it spanned it spanned beyond uh, conventional politics for sure into some of the darker ideologies online. But I, uh, but yeah, he also uh, his core base were very memey. Yeah, uh, they were. I'm about to donate to Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> Elizabeth is counting on us, Eddie. Oh no! Wow, that's a cute oh scary. Website. That's a nice website though. Um. Elizabeth Warren, I was a huge fan of her back uh, back when I was talking about, like, pre-2016. Um, she was kind of our first big, like, Senate sensation for people our age, Democrats our age. Um, then Kamala Harris came along. Um, so, I, I don't know. She's one of my better candidates. Amy Klobuchar needs to drop out. <laughs> yeah. Cory Booker <laughs> probably does, too, which is sad. Gillibrand's yeah. sticking in the, through oh, the man, whole thing. Was She's not Booker, going anywhere. Was Cory Booker a burnout, man? Yeah. That's sad. <laughs> yeah. He, he, oh, he had so much energy behind him going in. He did. And it Everyone, just flopped. He's one of the ones that, like, we all worshipped him in the Senate, but does that really mean we want you to run for president? <laughs> um, He doesn't have a crowd. Like, like who's the Cory crowd? Yeah. Non-existent, so. All right, Eddie. All right, well, this has been a fantastic episode of Go Hug Yourself. (laughs) We'll see. I think it's been pretty good.
All right, well, Elizabeth is counting on us. <laughs> Get out of here. I'm going to go make a donation in Eddie's name to Elizabeth Warren. Um, even $3 makes a difference. Anywho. Oh, are you going to make me donate to Trump? <laughs> I already donated to Planned Parenthood in Eddie's name. Don't worry. Um, anywho. All right, Eddie. Go wonk yourself. Until next time, go wonk yourself.